Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yes, welcome in. Welcome back to another edition of UAP Weekly. I am Stephen Diener with the Unidentified Alien Podcast Weekly Edition, and I'm very happy to be back with you today because, my gosh, is there a lot to discuss and consider on a few different fronts, actually. Well, for one, we have a possible alien invasion in South America going on. We have major natural disasters, so to speak, happening around the world all at once, and the new interview from David Grush that seemingly dropped out of nowhere. And on top of that, we also have... The Mexico congressional hearing and this statement from NASA that's supposed to come out tomorrow. As of now, as I'm recording this, it's Wednesday, September 13th. So it is before um, I'm doing this episode the day before NASA puts out their statement on how to handle future reports of UAPs and investigations and all those things. Now, in this episode, I'm not going to uh, go in depth on the latter two I just mentioned. Of course, NASA on for my part as a record hasn't happened yet their statement and i'm not going right into the mexican congressional hearing with the revelation of these uh alien bodies that are a thousand years old from you know uh, peru supposedly anyway um i'm gonna try to do that on a future episode because i really wanted to get into the other stuff that I mentioned. So all that just happened literally within the past 12 hours before I'm doing this episode today. So I'm going to let all of that settle on the Mexican congressional hearing. I'm going to let some of that stuff settle uh, before I dive into that. And hopefully I can get more into that and this NASA statement coming out tomorrow. I can jump on those things uh, on, on the next episode. That is that is the plan there. But for now, let's start with uh, David the David Grush interview actually first because I do find it funny, or maybe like ironic is the better word, how I came out with an episode recently asking the question, what happened to David Grush? Well, apparently there was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes because we got that answer when this new interview surfaced this week as he sat down with a podcaster uh, slash YouTuber, Jesse Michaels. And this thing went really in-depth, actually, with with Grush. Um, by far the most revealing interview with him to date, in my opinion, because he was a little less guarded, I think, and he got to show more of his personality and who he is as just a normal guy. Uh, you know, every time we've seen him, it's been like a really formal setting and he's, you know, watching his P's and Q's. And I think he was a little bit more relaxed in this interview, which I think always makes for a better uh, interview when the person you're talking to is is a little bit more relaxed and everything. But the whole video was almost two hours long, so it would be way too long to mention everything here today in this episode. But I did want to at least touch on some of it and acknowledge the fact 
that this did take place since it was such a big deal, again, that this kind of like dropped out of nowhere, really. Uh, one thing that Grush spoke about, though, with Michaels that I wanted to touch on here was the idea that aliens or, I guess, non-human intelligence, NHI, as uh, Grush refers to them as, and a lot of other people, too, these days, he says that they may not be all that more advanced than we currently are as a human race. How could that be, right? Because that breaks from every single narrative that we've ever heard or spoken about as far as these advanced civilizations, you know, uh, traveling across the eons of space or manipulating space-time to get here, all these different things of reverse engineering, advanced technology. So if they're not that far advanced than us, what's what's the angle here? Well, here's an idea that Grush put forward that I uh, found pretty interesting here that I'll play for you now. If I was a betting man, some of this NHI, they're similarly as advanced as us, but they've just made, they've, uh, what is it, asymmetric evolution or whatever. They, they went a different path where we made nuclear weapons and stuff. They yeah. ended up making this like civil propulsion kind of equivalent um, yeah. discovery where they're able to do this now, but they're actually not that much more advanced than you and I. Well, it's just like, you know, we went from, you look at our own human development, you know, we immediately, once we cracked the atom, I mean, holy crap, nuclear power, nuclear weapons. And that's kind of what we're talking about is like, we're like one, you know, uh, discovery away to, you know, maybe manipulate space time or whatever. So I guess his point is there, and it's fascinating too. I mean, I've never really thought of it that way as far as an angle of, Maybe we aren't that far away from their, you know, another civilization's advanced technology or advanced knowledge of how the universe works and things like that. But our focus is different, right? So I guess if you think about it, maybe you can use the analogy of just, you know, regular old everyday humans here today. You might have somebody who is, oh, you know what? I'll use a sports analogy. I don't think you've ever used a sports analogy before on UAP, but I'll go ahead and do that. Patrick Mahomes course star quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs you know if you're familiar with sports at all he's in like a bunch of commercials now so before he started concentrating on football to become the best quarterback in the NFL today he was actually a baseball player his dad was a professional baseball player so if he had decided to concentrate on being a baseball player he would probably be a very good baseball player in Major League Baseball right now. But he shifted gears and concentrated on football to become a very good quarterback and now today the best quarterback in the NFL. So I guess my point here is with that analogy is what are you focusing on, right? You have one path where you could focus on you know, atomic energy and nuclear weapons, call that baseball or you can focus on the other which would be you know free energy and you know interstellar travel and all these other things to help humanity and you decide to focus on one over the other when really you have the ability to do both so I think that's kind of what I'm getting at here is where and I think that's kind of what Grush was saying too is that we don't necessarily you know not have the ability to be as advanced as we see these other civilizations. It's just that we're choosing to focus our abilities on a different path, kind of like Patrick Mahomes football and baseball, I guess. So I think you can see where I was going with that uh, analogy now. 
But outside of that, there was a lot of interesting tidbits from this interview as a whole. So if you do have the time, I suggest you go watch it. Jesse Michaels uh, did a really great job with this. So I, I, there was he actually put in more. He spoke to to uh, you know Gary Nolan as well and a couple of other really you know smart people in this field. Um, so if you do have the time, it is it is definitely a good watch. Um, but I did want to touch on this one last thing too from this from this interview with David Grush because I felt that it was very poignant opinion. I guess it's the right word here from from David Grush and one that is extremely relatable to me as well. This is where he mentions what has been seen over the years compared to now and what it can mean if the real truth were to be revealed to the masses one day. People have been seeing the same stuff. Like, so the Tic Tac of today was the flying butane tank of the 1950s. And you can find declassified Air Force OSI reports that are publicly searchable right now yeah. that talk about these like flying white butane tanks <laughs> right. and you know the Foo Fighter phenomenon in World War II. And then if you were to go way back, you know, you, you see stuff that's basically described the same in antiquity yeah. as well. So whether it be extraterrestrial, I don't know, some other kind of origin, you know, crypto-terrestrial, you know, some of the other stuff people yeah, postulate. Yeah, yeah. We deserve to understand, you know, uh, truths of the universe. And if we have uh, the answer one of life's questions, right? You know, what happens when we die and are we alone? If we can answer one of those, but it's kept in secret because they believe the public can't handle it or it hinders this like, you know, uh, uh, Cold War arms race that I talked about mm. in my first public interview. Uh, that seems pretty messed up to me. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. And I think a lot of other people... Um, it's really good. It was a really good statement, and there was a couple of things that caught my attention. Uh, number one, you talk about these old UFO reports, right? The Foo Fighters, we brought that up before during World War II of the American pilots seeing these you know, orbs, these bright orbs in the sky following their planes pretty much. Um, the butane tanks, what we call Tic Tacs now, they're seeing those back in the 50s. And I think, and then going back, of course, to ancient times as well, that's, I think, if, if you... If I had to sit down with a psychiatrist and they asked me, Stephen, why did you become so interested in this subject to begin with? I think that is the genesis of my interest um, if I really sit down and look at it. That's what really got me intrigued with the UAP slash UFO phenomenon is the this idea that you have generations of people, different times, different places around the earth, all walks of life who can describe seeing the same things from 1941 to 2023. You could have someone say in England that they saw this, and you can have someone in Mexico say they saw this, and they're the same thing. And one can be from the 40s, and one can be from the 2020s. That's what's always fascinated me about this subject, is the fact that you have these connecting stories, you have these connecting elements where there's really no other explanation other than we people are seeing these the same phenomenon over time all around the world. And that's incredible to me. And that's what I think has always, you know, fascinated me and drawn me to this conversation to start, really. But he also talked about, you know, what what are they holding back? You know, that what what is it that would be messed up? Things that could help our planet, things that could help our society, free energy. You know, things like that, that would be able to advance our society to new levels, different, you know, highly advanced technologies that would make our lives easier or better. 
you know, maybe some type of healing medicine that would end up taking out, uh, you know, big pharma. Can't have that, right? Big pharma has to get theirs, so you can't have that that healing technology out there. If all that stuff is being held back, of course that's messed up. A lot of people theorize that is being held back. I kind of think that some of that is being held back, unfortunately. But of course, we all want disclosure. That's the one thing we can agree on, right? And but what would disclosure mean to religion? Now I bring that up because they actually did touch on that in the interview as well. I'm not going to go into that today because that's actually going to be a focus of conversation in UAP episode 74. I am working on that episode. I have all the ideas for it. I just need to put pen to paper to get everything down uh, to put that episode out to you. But that that discussion of what would disclosure mean to religion? What does you know the the, the Vatican say? What do what do different religions and religious institutions and leaders say about these things? that how would it affect just religious beliefs around the world? So there's a lot to go that goes into that. Um, Like I said, the reason I bring that up is because that question did come up uh, with David Grush and uh, Jesse Michaels during that interview. So it was a fascinating discussion, but it is one that I'm going to focus on myself during episode 74, and it kind of all ties in. You'll see there's a main point behind it all, so it's not going to get like, you know, I'm not going to be preaching from from the pulpit. I don't want you to think that there's a main story that kind of ties into everything. So I'm looking forward to getting that episode out to you, uh, hopefully in the very uh, near future. But on to the next subject, though, because I wanted to really talk about today what is happening in South America and how it might relate to some disasters that have been happening around the globe, um, if you haven't seen some of these things. Now, we know about the alien attacks that were being reported in Peru. I mean, that of the face peelers, as they're called by the locals. We covered a lot of that here on a previous episode recently, and I've been keeping an eye on it ever since, really, because it hasn't stopped. It's worth mentioning that there are still reports of these sightings in Peru and even face-to-face scuffles with these supposed aliens. There are residents there who claim to have got up and, you know, uh, like up close and personal with these things, getting into fights and actually shooting at what they're describing as, you know, otherworldly beings, these aliens. One person says they actually shot one alien uh, over the past week or so, only to have it then fire back some kind of energy ray that left them immobilized. This is the story they tell. This is the, I, I want to update you on this. This actually is being reported as of last week that uh, someone tackled an alien, essentially, according to their story, shot it, and then the alien shot this energy ray back at him. He's immobilized, and the, ener- the, the this alien escaped. So it's it's wild stuff. Of course, there's no videos, there's no pictures to it, there is no proof to it other than the story that this you know villager tells of his a- encounter. Um, so as always, you make of it what you will. But it, it told it in pretty vivid detail. It's pretty incredible. But remember that though, because I want to come back to it a little later. That point of it sounds like the alien could have just killed him if it wanted to, right? So I want to come back to that later towards the end of this episode. But there is now a new report of alien versus human combat coming out of a country to the south of Peru. And that is Argentina. If you follow, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, the show, you know, UAP, at UAPodcast850 on Twitter slash X, then you would have seen that I was kind of teasing, talking about what has happened in Argentina and 
some of you are even aware of what was going on there because, well, you're not exactly seeing this on the nightly news by any means. This isn't on your uh, cable news network because what's been going on, what's being reported anyway, which was kind of, you know, what led me to do this whole episode to begin with, is within the past week there have been reports from locals in the area of what's called Bahia Blanca, which is, so just to kind of draw a picture of the area for you, it's southwest of, of uh, Buenos Aires and uh, in, in, in also the province of Buenos Aires. So Buenos Aires is a province in Argentina. Of course, we all know the big city. So Buenos Aires is more in like the northeast quadrant of the province <laughs> there in Argentina. Uh, Bahia Blanca is southwest of that. Um, I guess you could say, you know, what would uh, essentially be southern or central Argentina. Um, and they say that uh, a firefight took place at what's called the Comandante Espora Naval Base, Naval Air Base. And that's according to the reports. They're saying that four black triangle UFOs were seen by numerous people in the area as they started to fly over the Argentinian naval base. And as they got closer, the soldiers started to engage. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. So paint the picture here again a little bit. It's this night last week. They say September 5th or 6th um, when this happened that witnesses are reporting these four black triangle UFOs coming toward this base in the town city of Bahia Blanca. And here's what actually someone wrote on on, uh, Reddit. I found this post on Reddit from a user named SSOG7991. We'll give them credit here. Uh, here's what they wrote about the incident. They said, hi, guys, something strange has happened on the 5th of September in Bahia Blanca, Argentina. People heard gunshots and lights were visible in the sky. The army said there had been military exercises which didn't involve guns, but the different sources show a very different reality. The shots, according to the neighbors of the area, were pointed toward the sky and had a cadence which indicated that of automatic weapons. And they make the point here in this post that um, automatic weapons are not allowed for civilians in Argentina. They went on to say the shots were made supposedly by Argentina soldiers. They also said newspapers and media say the videos are fake and edited. So you can see a couple of things there that would jump out, uh, you know, kind of jump out of the screen for you, probably like it did for me. The newspapers and media, of course, giving cover, saying that it's all fake and edited. Uh, the military saying that these were exercised. You didn't hear any guns. Nothing's going on. So you hear these cover stories, right? You you hear the the lies that I think probably lies because 
I have something to play for you that kind of contradicts exactly what the military is saying, that nothing was going on, there were no gunshots, because there is video of this event. Yes, for once, there is video. It was taken by a nearby resident uh, who was close to this naval air base, and they posted it online. You can't really see much in the video. I'm going to be honest with you. It's dark. You can't really see you know, a lot in the sky, but you can certainly hear what's happening. Now, the whole thing is kind of long, so I cut it down because I felt like a minute and a half of, of uh, gunfire was going to be a little too much for your ears. So I cut it down here. You'll get the point. You listen and be the judge. Does this sound fake to you? I'm gonna I'm gonna play this again because I think we need to let that set in. This is what was on video that the civilians in the area, what they saw and what they heard. Sounds a lot like gunshots to me. Now, I think it's important to point out as well that, you know, if you want to be skeptic about it, sure, go ahead. And by, by all means, that's up to you. Um, but it is important to note, I think that you hear the woman speaking Spanish in that video. So it sounds like a war zone. OK, so I think but that goes to say someone might say, well, that could just be a video from Ukraine or something like that. There's, you know, gunshots there's a war going on. Well, I don't think they're speaking Spanish in Ukraine, so you could probably cross that one off the list. So I think it was important to hear the person also in the video there speaking Spanish while that's going on. Because according to the sources, that's a video of this um, event that took place last week in Argentina. And you hear the fighting going on in the background. So that's why I say I think the Argentina army was lying that there were no gunshots because, well... You heard it. Maybe it is a military exercise, but it sounds like a pretty intense one. That is that is for sure. And if it was a military exercise, I feel like they would be used to that and they wouldn't sound as panicked as they did in that video because there was a lot more to that to that sound. There was a lot of screaming back and forth with the people who were taking that video. So um, it didn't feel like they thought it was a military exercise. And if you live that close to the base like they do, they would be used to exercises. I don't think they would be freaking out and taking video of it. That's just my my observation anyway. But this reportedly happened again on the night of September 5th in the town of Bahia Blanca at the Naval Air Base. And there were witnesses, as you heard there. This entire incident was uh, reported to Argentina's lead UFO investigator. Her name is Andrea Simondini. And she confirmed the reports that she had been told of information that four black triangle UFOs arrived at the base from the sea. And there is, the, the Bahia Blanca is right off the water there in uh, Argentina. When you, when you look at the map, you can look it up there. They say, this was reported to their lead UFO investigator. Think about like a Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick. This is their Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick in, in Argentina. This is what's being reported to them. That the four black triangle UFOs arrived at the base from the sea and that one landed on a place where ammunition is housed. Landed. Okay. Another landed on a fort in that area there by the base. And the other two, according to witnesses, a little were a little further away, and they were described as being perched in the sky as if they were guarding all the action in it and kind of, you know, keeping watch, observing, if you will, um, that that was their role was to stay up there as the fighting took place from the ground. 
Now, there was even a report of a light beam, similar to the one actually that I mentioned earlier in Peru just a few minutes ago, and that this beam injured some soldiers who were at the base. Now, all of these reports are still currently being investigated, okay? This is very recent. This just happened last week as I'm talking to you now today. But the bottom line is something went down at this base. I mean, there's no denying that. You heard it. So could these reports of an alien invasion at the base be true? Why would they be doing this? Could it be connected to the reports coming out of Peru? Is it the same type of, you know, alien race? If this is some type of, you know, otherworldly race that is doing this, is it the same one? Are they connected to aliens in Peru if all this is true? Now, the main difference between these reports versus the ones from Peru is that the Argentina incident involves four black triangle craft. We haven't heard of anything like that. At least that's my observation. We haven't heard about, you know, black triangle craft in Peru being connected to the sightings of aliens on the ground there. Conversely, I will ask this question too. What if this incident in Argentina is not related to what has been happening in Peru? I'll ask another question. What if this doesn't have anything to do with aliens at all? Okay, so maybe a little twist there. Could we be looking at advanced reverse engineered tech that is being piloted by humans? That this is some type of thought experiment. Who knows that they're out there doing this? But that reality would also raise many questions. Why would someone do this, right? Would it be some type of you know thought experiment? How, how are people going to react? Let's just check this out. Let's go to this base in Argentina, right? What would the end game be? Is it just that? Is, what is the advantage to having something like this go down in such a public way? Who would want to send a message like that? Why? Or were there after something specific? Because we're talking about these things landing, you know, at a fort on this base. We're talking about them landing on, a, you know, an ammunition building. The bottom line is, again, something is happening in South America. Something is. People are seeing something. The reports, they're not making this stuff up. Okay. We, we hear the videos. We, you heard it right there. We see the videos on social media. Something's going down one way or the other, whether it's humans acting as aliens to get people riled up or it's an alien race doing something, flying over bases, landing on the ground in Peru, fighting with villagers and civilians there. It's, it's, it's one or the other, in, in my opinion. The first three ports out of Peru, you have those, and now this out of Argentina. So it's undeniable at this point that things are happening in a very public manner that we are having trouble explaining and getting answers to. But it's important to remember that this is all in a very public manner. And you have to wonder why, right? If this is a human-led operation, so to speak, let's just use that hypothesis. Why is it so public? What, are, what would a government organization, just again, theorizing, have to gain by doing something like this out in the open for people to see, to essentially create this, this open threat from an alien civilization? Are they trying to scare people into thinking that, you know, we're going to be invaded? Are they trying to scare people for other reasons? We don't know. But I, to me, it's got to be one or the other. It's either, you know, a human-led type of operation or something is happening where aliens are getting closer and bolder than, than we've seen in, in recent years. 
It's fascinating one way or the other that this stuff is going on. And quite frankly, a little unsettling too, but we'll continue to keep an eye on everything. That is for sure. I have a feeling that, uh, you know, there's going to be more and more stuff going on. I don't think this is all these stories are going away anytime soon. So, you know, I'll do my best to bring it out to you as much as I can as things go down. But then there's this point to bring up. And maybe it is the elephant in the room. I don't know. But could there be a correlation in some of the extreme natural disasters that we have been seeing all over the world and a possible alien presence? Now, I'm not saying that is the case. I'm just asking the question because this is something that popped into my head as well while I was researching all of this. It's just I can't help but to connect dots sometimes. And maybe maybe it's wrong. Maybe I'm reaching. But I think it's worth bringing up nonetheless. Just look at this year alone. Okay, major heat waves around the world, especially here in the United States, especially down here in South Florida, I can tell you it was one of the hottest summers of my life. I've lived down here my entire life, and um, it was brutal down here this summer. Texas was the same. A lot of places throughout the country here in the United States, a very hot summer. And they had that too in Europe and you know spots in Asia. It was, it was pretty brutal. In fact, it was the hottest uh, summer on record in a lot of places. You've also had massive earthquakes in Turkey and now most recently Morocco, where thousands upon thousands of people have perished. That was just this past weekend in Morocco. You have catastrophic flooding in areas like California and the, the Nevada desert of all places. And then across the globe in Greece, devastating floods recently. And now in Libya, just within the past couple of days of, of recording this, where they're talking about Possibly up to 10,000 people are feared dead. As I'm recording this now, they've confirmed over 5,000 people are dead with still more missing. Terrific. And of course, not to mention the many wildfires throughout the U.S. and Canada and even parts of Europe. Again, Greece had very bad wildfires recently. And it's not like one of these things was really bad and then the others were just, you know, like small events. Oh, yeah, that happened. No, it's like every single one of these things I've named have been catastrophic in some form or fashion in just this year alone of 2023. So I, I ask the question. That's all I do is I just, I observe and I ask, is this all naturally occurring through some type of earth cycle? You know, I know a lot of people say climate change. Does that have something to do with it? Or is it being caused by an intelligent entity in some cases? Again, just asking the questions, Okay. Because it seems as if all these things that I have mentioned here today are happening hand in hand. To me, it doesn't feel random. That's just my opinion. It doesn't feel like a coincidence, okay? That you have all of these major events happening around the world. Then you have sightings here and there and reports of actual fighting between craft and humans or actual aliens and humans in cases like in Peru. There are reports of strange lights over Morocco just a couple of days before that major earthquake hit this past weekend. Believe what you want. I'm just telling you what's out there. One final point to bring up on that idea, though, and I think it is worth mentioning. You think back to the testimony of Eric Hecker. Now, if you remember, Eric Hecker was the man who spoke at the disclosure conference back on June 12th in Washington, D.C., where he testified to the fact that the U.S., is in possession of secret tech that can cause earthquakes and other nature-related disasters and that it has been used 
at a base in Antarctica where he was stationed. He has seen it used. He was a supervisor there. So I ask, could these seemingly natural disasters possibly be the work of, you know, maybe not nature or extraterrestrials, maybe it's not either one of those, but could it be the work of human beings with an ultimate agenda? Whatever that agenda is, I don't know. I, I can't say. It would just be absolute speculation. But is that a possibility? I can't help but to think of that as a possibility because of Eric Hecker's testimony saying that that weapon does exist in Antarctica, that he's seen it fired, that it caused an earthquake in Christchurch, New Zealand over 10 years ago. It begs the question, is all I'm saying, is there more than meets the eye? Because there's just so much that has happened in just this past year alone when it comes to nature and, and natural disasters. I can't help but to wonder, are one of these things connected? It's possible. And in my opinion, it is absolutely something to ponder at the very least. And it's personally been on my mind for a few months now, which is really why I wanted to bring it up here today in correlation with these stories, because I just see it adding up and adding up. So is it possible that the reports of alien attacks in South America, maybe those are man-made as well by the same groups who might have hidden agendas? It's something to consider. How much of this is extraterrestrial? How much of this is natural? How much is man-made? I, I think they're all in play, quite honestly. But before we go here today, I wanted to mention this one last thing that I came across. It's, it's a document that can be found on an official Defense Intelligence Agency website. And it was a mouthful there. Official Defense Intelligence Agency website. Uh, and it was recently revealed to the public through a Freedom of Information Act and what I want to do is I'm going to read some main parts of this letter verbatim because I felt it was really striking in the deliberate language it uses and how it could relate to some things we are seeing here today. And it relates to a lot of things that we've uh, spoken about here today on this episode. This was a letter written to a U.S. military colonel named L.H. Walker, and it was sent to him by a New Zealand airline pilot named Bruce L. Cathy, and this was sent to, it was written in January of 1968, okay? It reads the following. He kind of picks up on a conversation where they left off at uh, when, they, when they met in person, and he says, as I explained, there are only rough calculations to form the basis of a theory and will probably require refining before any experimental work becomes necessary. So what is he talking about, right? He's talking about... UFOs. It was he's basing this letter off of a conversation, like I said, they had previously. So it sounds out of context at first, but I'll continue. He says, I would like to put on record here that I sincerely believe that I have amassed enough information to form the basis for several avenues of research, namely UFO power grid, UFO propulsion principles, travel by space-time manipulation, basis for new form of astronomical measurements. Construction of aerial systems to tap power grid. Formation of volcanoes. Now, I'm going to stop there real quick because I want to mention again, this letter was written in January of 1968, okay? This was a, a pilot who was studying these things uh, with the U.S. military and basically was doing it on the side. Kind of went down the rabbit hole, which he actually says here in this letter. But he says he amassed enough evidence to study all these things. And I'll continue. He goes on saying he can also study the reason for earthquakes, location of ancient civilizations, geometrical bases of atomic explosions, the relationship between matter and antimatter, 
goes on to say, this is only a short list. And I believe that at the moment I have only scratched the top of the iceberg. The facts I have so far only a fraction of those awaiting discovery. I have now found that what I started as a hobby has developed into something that would take many lifetimes of pure research. Although I am still finding new facts to add to the growing list, I realize that I have almost reached the limits of my capacity of knowledge. It now requires specialists in various branches of scientific knowledge to carry on the work to a logical conclusion. He goes on to say, If the United States government is interested in any aspect of my research, I am only too happy to cooperate in any way possible. The only stipulation I make is that I have complete freedom to publish anything connected with my discoveries. I have a great admiration and respect for America and its people, but I believe that no country has the right to suppress facts relating to UFO phenomena. Boy, how, how amazing is that to look back on now, right? Talking about he wanted to publish things. Obviously, that never happened publicly. He goes on, he, he finishes off here, he says, I have no political leanings and sincerely believe that the world has the right to know the true facts. There is absolutely no doubt that an alien race is carrying out a construction project on this planet and that when the work is completed, it is logical to assume that direct contact will take place. The whole world must be made aware of this, otherwise there will be chaos when it happens. There is every reason to believe that the contact will be a friendly one. I remain sincerely yours. And then he signs it, Captain B.L. Kathy. So pretty remarkable stuff there. Um, you know, this is an intelligent man. This was an accomplished man. And doing work with the U.S. military. And obviously was read into a lot of different projects that have been going on over the past 20 years. Again, this is 1968. So roughly, you know, 20 plus years since uh, the, the crash at Roswell anyway. If you want to use that as a starting point. So this was something that he dove into, went down the rabbit hole, realized a lot of things that could come from it, wanted to put it out to the public, felt that everybody had the right to know. You're talking about a disclosure effort in 1968, and we're just now finding out about this because of a Freedom of Information Act request that was put in to get this letter and other things out. There's a lot of documents that go along with this. It's like a 200-page document. He has a lot of mathematical uh, calculations going over some of these things, how some of these things can be achieved as far as you know the propulsion and, and uh, things of that manner. So it's, it's fascinating to look at. If I can, um, I'll try to put the link out for you on my Twitter account, at UAPodcast850, uh, for the UAP show. And I'll, I'll try to get that link so you can read through the whole thing if you want. It's a couple hundred pages, like I said. Uh, that particular thing, if you want to read it yourself, uh, was on page 122. So when I get to put out the link for that and you want to go through it, you can just skip ahead if, you, if you'd like to page 122 to see that uh, particular piece that I just read. But it's fascinating. And the man himself was uh, BL, stood for Bruce Leonard. Uh, Bruce Leonard Cathy passed away in 2013. Um, but he actually wrote a bunch of uh, books as well. He wrote seven books relating to UFOs and what he called the World Energy Grid. So this was a man who uh, wholeheartedly believed that we could achieve free energy, just like Nikola Tesla believed it. And some say figured out how to achieve it by using the World Energy Grid back in the late 1800s and early 1900s. 
This was a man, Bruce Cathy, who tried to put that same information out there, but obviously that never happened for, well, obvious reasons, a lot of power and money. But I'll wrap up by saying this to go back to what I was talking about earlier when it comes to the um, the alien attacks, the supposed alien attacks in Peru, when I was talking about the man who says he actually tackled an alien and shot the alien, and then it immobilized him with this energy beam so it could get away. Why wouldn't this thing just kill him? Obviously, it has the technology to do so. If it has some type of beam that can immobilize a human being, then it could probably easily kill him. Why haven't they honestly taken over the human race and the, the world as a whole to begin with? If we're talking about, you know, hundreds of years, if you, if you want to stay in modern times, then you can call it 80 years. But if you want to look at the whole picture, thousands of years of supposed contact between humans and an alien race or races, why would they have not just taken over at this point or eviscerated us? And I look at this as a big brother, little brother type of type of thing. If I can make a second analogy here today, think about your siblings. Okay. It doesn't even have to be, you know, a brother. Just think about your siblings in, in general, or if you're an only child, your friends or, you know, cousins, what happens, right? The big brother, little brother syndrome. My big brother could beat me up anytime he wanted to. We were growing up, right? But he was looking out for me. Maybe sometimes he had to put me in check and put me in line and he would, you know, throw me against the wall here and here and there a couple of times like brothers do. We get into fights. But did he ever try to seriously hurt me? No, of course not. He's my big brother. He loves me. And is it that same type of thing? Is it that same type of scenario when it comes to any type of alien civilization that is here on Earth? They could obviously do, if they're that advanced, they can do anything they want when it comes to you know, their, their control or power over us. But they decide not to. Why is that? Is it, or are they actually benevolent? I know a lot of people say that they mean no harm at all. Just like at the end of that letter from Bruce Cathy, where he says he believes their intent is nothing but friendly. Dr. Stephen Greer has said that before. He's famous for saying that. There's a lot of people who say that. Then you have others who say that's not the case for every single alien race. There are some malevolent creatures out there. Just something to consider is, is all I'm saying as to uh, current day affairs. But I think the fact of the matter is here, we as a society can no longer ignore the things that are happening right in front of our faces. I mean, it, it's all there. And I, for one, am not ignoring it. And I will continue to keep an eye on it and will continue to ask the questions as to keep you as informed as I possibly can and to try to keep myself as informed as I possibly can. Because there is so much out there that goes on that... Quite frankly, we don't even see what's happening behind the scenes. So imagine what's happening behind the scenes if we're seeing the things that are happening in front of our eyes. All that said, that will do it for today. Episode 74 of the traditional UAP is in the works, like I said. But in the meantime, be sure to continue to download and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And you can even catch up on past episodes that you may have never heard before. Maybe you want to go back and listen again. They're all there wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Amazon. It's all there. You can always check it out. You can also follow the show, like I mentioned earlier, if you're on uh, Twitter slash X. Um, if you're not following already, at UAPodcast850. You can send me an email if you like. Uh, if you have something to say about the show or an experience, just a message you want to relate to me and you don't really like social media, you can send me an email at sdienerUAP at gmail.com. That's S-D-I-E-N-E-R-U-A-P at gmail.com. I always uh, check that and check those messages. I try to get back to everybody I can. But a lot of heavy stuff today. And so hopefully 
you enjoyed it. There's a lot to consider and a lot to uh, keep an eye on these days. There's no doubt about that. But all that said, I hope you did enjoy this episode. And I look forward to speaking with you again very soon on UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast. It's Stephen Diener here. Be well, and thank you very much. I'll talk to you again soon.